Y'all ready for this? All shagged. All of those folk artists. Shag. All fucked each other. and welcome to I Think You'll Hate This. I'm one of your hosts, Ollie. And I'm your other host, Sadie. And this is our podcast. Yeah. Wow. Ignore last week where we just disappeared. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we've had a few technical problems, mm-hmm. which you'll probably be able to hear with like the minor buzzing that yeah. has been throughout some of the episodes and will be in this episode because we've checked the audio quality. Um, we didn't want to not record this week because mm-hmm. we are going to have it fixed by, be- by next week. Yeah. Um, but sorry and we hope it's not too annoying yeah um, i think you know obviously sometimes it's difficult because we want we really like doing it so we want to put out new episodes and like that stuff but sometimes you got to make a like decision in the moment and be like is it worth putting this out if we're not going to be like super happy with it or whatever yeah. um so we, we, we it's the perfectionist in both of us the yeah. fact that we can't put anything out into the world that we don't feel happy with yeah um, and i think we've been working on like ways of making it better so i think eventually like especially hopefully next week it'll all be pretty good we also had like some other things that um just you know we'll get into some general housekeeping just before we like get into yeah yeah the whole thing um we talked a little bit last episode about the idea of maybe doing some mini episodes or plugs or whatever the fuck that is um plugs plugs um but i think we you know we thought about it a bit more and we we came up with a, a lot more separate ideas for it and i think it'd be fun to talk about them a little bit so the first one we wanted to do was what you mentioned last time which was the ranking episodes yeah so we think we're going to do them every 15 episodes or so so this is episode 12 so Mm -hmm. in three episodes or so rather than have a full hour-long episode or hour and however many minutes they usually end up being um we'll just do a short 15 minute one and we will close ranks Mm -hmm. on what we have so far which I think could be really fun but also um, will be good for us because we are getting into um, second half of semester mm-hmm. two of our third year yeah. so um, it will be nice to have a little bit of time yeah. to not have to worry about watching a movie mm-hmm. or I mean that's your entire degree so yeah um, that's always what I'm doing um, that should be fun and I think it'll also be fun for the listeners to kind of recap it's almost like little seasons little yeah. seasons 15 episode seasons I mean for me I'm seeing this whole season as ending towards the summer but I think it's like it's still like a nice like um like oh, what's the word like like a little pit stop little little stop gap we're like okay well let's look back at what we've done so far mm-hmm. let's have some more like quick little debates um i really like it i think it'll be fun yeah um, so yeah closing ranks will be something we'll be doing um and then we also thought about like what about those other topics that we want to talk about or like smaller things that we're interested in that we've touched upon maybe in other episodes but haven't had enough time for so we thought about doing something that would be that would be called bookmarks so we'll do bookmark episodes um also around 15 minutes maybe like 20 at most but like you know 10 to 20 minutes um and we're just going to talk about you know other things that we didn't you know that we want to talk about or things we didn't get to like so we might do like a 
um, chapter, another chapter that Ollie didn't read of the Anthropocene Review yeah. or something like that. Or like getting into um, something like the Oscars or something, or like a you know, random event that mm-hmm. we want to talk about mm-hmm. that would take too much time in a regular episode. Yeah, or we will um, do Taylor Swift's uh, the New Album Kurtz Department, yeah. which I think brings us on to how our last couple of weeks have been. Hey, aren't hey, we? Yeah, because after leaving before Christmas and saying, "Oh my God, Rep Taylor's version is going to be announced," mm. um, she didn't announce it, and then at the Grammys announced that she's having a new original album out mm-hmm. called the Tortured Poets Department. And personally, in my opinion, she made this album for me and me only. Mm. Um, it will a be book themed. I, I know a book themed album with a song called The Manuscript for this little historian. Yeah. Um, and also another song called So Cool London. Um, so, so Cool. So Cool so, London. So cool, so cool, no, So Long London, which will be released a few months before I will be leaving London for a year. So, Oof. you know, that's going to like emotionally destroy me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's how my couple of weeks have been. Yeah. How have your couple of weeks been? <laughs> um, yeah, pretty good. Um, I mean, it's been a stressful time. I finally finished my application. So I've applied for my master's. We'll see how that goes. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been an interesting, you know, busy few weeks. Mm-hmm. Been working on my dissertation and other things. Um, watched a few movies. We watched Poor Things together. Oh my God. Absolutely loved it. Thought it was fantastic. Not better than The Holdovers though. But no, but I, like I said, when, it, when we, we were like, talking about it afterwards, a film like The Holdovers to me comes out, there's normally like one or two movies a year that come out that really mm-hmm. like cement themselves. Like this year for me, that's been The Holdovers and um, Past Lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and the year before that, it was Everything Everywhere. And like, there's always like ones that really feel like they're all timers for me. Mm-hmm. Poor Things is an excellent movie. I would not... At all be sad if it won best picture mm-hmm. i would love it actually um i just can't say that it got to exactly all time a status for me but it didn't have to but anyway it was great um obviously the taylor swift album you know i pre-ordered it already yes um and uh beyonce announced a new country album yeah that happened very exciting the last two days very exciting very fun uh the two singles she released were really good um, I can't wait to... I assume it's not called Act 2. <laughs> so I, I wonder what it's called. Maybe because the last one was called... Um, Renaissance. Renaissance. This one will be called Enlightenment. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of a trilogy. It's part of a historical trilogy, yeah. We start getting into postmodernism and... <laughs> uh, the, the future will be the last one. It's all, like, different artistic movements. we got Dadaism, the album. Yeah. Or like <laughs> I mean, the Enlightenment was more than just art. I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I love that, like, our last week is mostly like, what happened in pop culture? <laughs> but, you know. Um, I, mean, I can tell you the fact that I've worked till midnight for the last few days, but I really yeah. feel like that's not very interesting. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to talk we're about We're working that. girlies. We are. I didn't work till midnight last night, but I did almost oversleep this morning because I have a seminar that runs so it's timetabled from 9 till 11 Mm -hmm. but like my specific slot to come to the seminar is 10 to 11 but I wanted to I always get there just after 9 because um, I want to like have time to go through my notes to discuss in like the group beforehand Um, and I set my alarm for 7.30 and obviously at some point stopped it but then forgot to set the alarm that comes 15 minutes after that so I woke up like really like I feel like I've been lying here for such a long time awake what's the time and then looked at the time and it was nine o'clock and I was like fuck (laughs) um I mean luckily I got there well in time for 10 o'clock but Mm. um yeah it was a little stressful so um 
but I do feel quite caught up on sleep. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I also feel I like eight hours. I also feel like luxury. <laughs> before we head, um, before we head into our main topic, I will say we did get, um, we did get past get past sounds like it was a challenge, but we finished season two of Avatar, mm-hmm. so. We're on to season three, mm-hmm. and that means that, you know, within the next, in their future, we'll have our second episode at some point, but in case anyone cared, we, yeah. are, ma- we are still making our way through Avatar. Yes, and it's um, really And it's good. amazing. I'm yeah. very... Season three is already, like, so good. Yeah. Um, um, do we have a question from last week, Ollie? So, our question this week was from Joanne. Thank you, uh, Joanne. Thank you, Joanne. Um, and she asked... What did we think of the Grammys? Yeah. Um, that's also just randomly reminded me. Uh, my dad did actually go and listen to Sometimes Might Be Introduced, and he did enjoy it. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah. My mum <laughs> <my mom, laughs> texted me and was like, added five little Sims songs to my to my Spotify playlist. Actually, not Spotify. She uses Apple Music, which is tragedy, but <laughs> We're whatever. doing God's work. Little Sims better We're pay spreading, us that, that um, spreading the word. royalty check. Yeah. Or, when, when she gets, like, <laughs> 10,000 new listeners. Yeah. Um, no, what do we think of the Grammys? I I really just dislike the Grammys. I completely All agree. All Grammy discourse, both before and after the Grammys, is so opinionated, mm-hmm. and all of it's wrong. Like, some people have certain takes over who should and who shouldn't have won album of the year, and mm-hmm. everyone's takes were wrong. Everyone yeah. except Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z got it right, mm-hmm. and that's where we should leave it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know... The way I feel about it is the Grammys... Okay, obviously, congr- congratulations to anyone who won an award for the mm-hmm. Grammys. It's, obvi- it's always an achievement. My issue with the Grammys in general is just that, to me, it feels often like a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's what sometimes people will, will will like say things about other award shows and say that there's things that need to change about them or whatever. The Oscars have needed change in the past. They've to some extent rectified certain things, but they've still got a lot of, a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Like the Emmys are often you know have issues with popularity or like other things. But for the most part, I think you can point to both those shows and be like, usually what wins is something that people agree is universally some of the best TV or some of the best, like, movies or stuff. Like, usually, obviously, there's, you know, Green Book winning Best Picture. There are examples of things where it's like, why did that win? Mm -hmm. But with the Grammys, I just find so often, like, what is picked or what is nominated isn't the best. It's what is played the most or what is, like... I I don't know. I mean, Midnight's at One, I enjoy that album. Of the lot that were on there, would that have been my pick for best album of the year Mm. yeah but do i think that boy genius should have got album of the year Mm -hmm. even though they weren't nominated absolutely Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it it, it's all just like who who has the most streams like on spotify honestly if we were if i was picking just obviously this is just my opinion but if i was picking album in general just based on my own opinion i'm going with the record Mm -hmm. um I just think maybe we should bin the Grammys. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, I I think every year I'm just kind of like, okay, good, yeah. this uh-huh. won the Grammys, whatever. Like, uh, I don't know. It doesn't do much for me. Yeah. Um, and also, definitely, black women need to be recognised a lot more. Mm. Um, 
also don't hate on the person who won album of the year yeah. because she won album of the year mm-hmm. like she doesn't have a choice in that no exactly um, ne- never <laughs> ever hate on someone for winning hate on the institution yes like, exactly Taylor didn't have a choice in that yeah Taylor didn't have a choice in that and there's a million other like like examples of that that people who won maybe I wouldn't have picked a specific person to win for that category or whatever but like I'm not gonna like be like how dare you for winning it's not their fucking fault like mm-hmm. that like whatever I don't know I anyway I the Grammys could be its own mini episode because I don't yeah, we've talked about it for about five minutes. So. Exactly. That's enough. <laughs> um, okay. Well, you know, music related. So we'll move, we can... Nice segue, Ollie. Segue into... Um, yeah. This week we... I'll tell you, it's much more of a, like, conceptual... Rather than, let's like, a solid... We'll, we listen to this album. I got you to listen to a bunch of just the late 60s, early 70s folk music that mm-hmm. I enjoy. Um mainly because we watched The Holdovers and you yes. were like Sadie I need you to send me some albums and I was like where do I start um, where do I start so uh, which ones did I send you I sent you some Baez, Um I sent you some so, Crosby Stills Nash and Young I'll say right now which albums I've listened to okay okay so Diamonds and Rust mm-hmm, I listened to mm-hmm, which came uh, out in 1973 let me I'll double check that. I'm not test actually my knowledge. sure. Test, test, um, diamonds. Diamonds and rust. Ah! <laughs> Damn, real, real fucking professionalism right there. Yeah. 1975. Uh, the Joan Baez uh, album. Don't Baez. But I thought it was Baez. I know I pronounced it wrong for so long, and then when I um, this is a sneak peek behind the scenes of Sadie Plan the episode. Um, when I recorded my episode for my old podcast yeah. uh, last year I looked it up because I was like I bet I pronounced this wrong and then oh. I learned how to pronounce it correctly this is Dacus Dacus all over again I know Lucy Dacus uh, no oh. Dacus okay. um, um, also Blue Joni Mitchell yes which we listened to on vinyl yeah and uh, Deja Vu Crosby Stills Nash and Young Um and then I'll probably pronounce this wrong is it Brighter Later I don't know by Nick Drake. By Nick Drake and Pink Moon by Nick Drake. Yeah. So five albums. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm disappointed you didn't listen to. Is it the Stephen Stills album I, list- I sent you? Yeah, I didn't. That one's a very holdovers core album. Yeah. Well, now I'm gonna put that down on my on my ones to listen to. Yeah. Um, but this, it, it it's the Stills in Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Yeah, I I was get. Could <laughs> you imagine? It's a different Stills. Yeah. And Which I, one is it again? What's the album called? I can't remember. It was just the Stephen Stills album. I oh, is it just called Stephen Stills? Because uh, his albums are called Stephen Stills, Stephen Stills 2, and maybe, one called Man Ass. Maybe it wasn't Man Assassus. Maybe it wasn't the Stephen Stills one I sent you. Um, anyway. It, we, we listened to some various combinations of mm. CSNY. You also need to listen to the band, because they were the backing band for Bob Dylan. Damn, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So, um, and they also worked with the Beatles... Um, quite a lot and stuff so they're really really good Um, yeah so I guess my main question is like why do you think this seems like a really dumb question I'm reading it why do you think Mm. that people enjoy this kind of folk music Mm. what made you want to listen to it after after watching the holdovers what is it specifically about it because like I I love this kind of music Mm. but I I don't think there's anything particularly diverse about it, no. if that makes sense. I 
I agree. I think part of what makes folk music to me mm-hmm. so interesting is also kind of what makes it so um I don't know what the word is, like, not diverse in terms of sound. Yeah. Which is the fact that I feel like I can immediately recognise a folk song. Yeah, it's more of a vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's it's a vibe and also, like, it's, it's something that has such a strong, um, like, it, it's, it's, I don't know what the word is, like, it's not like, it hasn't, it's broadened itself in a certain way, but, like, it's not kind of, it's it's not like something like a general thing like you know we were talking about rap music last mm-hmm. week where there's so many different types of rap music that fall under the same umbrella mm-hmm. like but whereas folk music i feel like is a, a certain vibe that you have to go for that really like creates a mood and a certain atmosphere yeah i think it's like it's one of those kinds of music where it's like you can listen to it in the background I think it's really nice to listen to it in the background I find it really relaxing and almost like focusing mm-hmm. but also when you listen to the lyrics because it's folk music and yes. it, it's like one of the things I want to talk about in what what folk is mm-hmm. and what folk is doing um, is about the storytelling yes. and it like it's all really like rich storytelling but look there's a reason that Bob Dylan was one of the like most popular folk singers during the 60s like he's a very rich the reason he won a Nobel Prize yeah like. <laughs> he's a very rich and you know amazing storyteller and mm-hmm. that is what I think is interesting about folk I and, think and also the fact that I think the reason that it isn't so diverse is because it comes from this really really long tradition of folk music mm-hmm. which often you know you have one instrument in the tiny town yeah. that you're in in like the late 19th early 20s I mean obviously going back much further than that um, well that's what I mean when I say like what part of what's so amazing about it is that it is it feels like something that has been obviously I feel like it's there's less of it now but it feels like something that's been passed down in a way where yeah. there's a very strong undiluted tradition mm-hmm. in terms of that style of music Mm -hmm. and I also think when you were asking like what attracted me to it Mm -hmm. obviously it's the vibe but also I also think just like like you were saying in terms of like storytelling I often feel like I approach things from that standpoint I really like art or like entertainment in general that tells a story it's why you know like talking about Little Sims last week I love that that feels like a story it Mm -hmm. feels like an open and, and shut like piece of work yeah um and something that you know i've always loved about bob dylan is like you know each song is about something and it's Mm -hmm. about and it also plays with like i know i know we don't want to really get that much into dylan because that could be its own own separate (laughs) episode but like the way that i can't remember what song it is i feel like i'm i'm gonna go nuts because i don't remember it but like the song about um how he met his wife and it's like at certain points in time uh, I'm forgetting what it's called um, Tangled Up in Blue Tangled Up in Blue yeah, yeah. I like, mean he, he would say that's a controversial statement because he would say that it's a fictional story and it's not about his right. ex-wife um, I've heard okay may, I've heard that that was what it was about maybe I'm wrong yeah no but it, either it, way it, like people think it is either way whether it's about her or not or mm. if it's about a fictional person like you're telling a story but also doing it in an interesting way where yeah. it's like in different fragments of time yeah. like there's something so um, poetic about folk music, which yeah. I really love. Um, 
the I think the interesting thing about that album specifically that Dylan album yet again could talk about this for ages but um, it's influenced by the fact he was hanging out with this like painter philosopher at the time who had this like philosophy of time um, about the fact it was like really fragmented and essentially not real so then he wrote lots of songs that were influenced by like this idea of non linear mm-hmm. time um, but that's I guess like a tangent um, I think it'd be useful and interesting to talk about the idea of like what folk is yeah um because like if you look up the de- like dictionary definition of folk most people tend to talk about it in relation to like traditional art traditional culture of like a specific community and i think the key point is originating from ordinary people it's mm-hmm. not i think there's an interesting tension in the idea of folk music as we understand it nowadays because there's this idea it comes from the community it's like often built upon changed over years no one really knows like it's passed by word of mouth by oral tradition it's not something you listen to yeah um and over like a phone so when you get this like um idea of someone recording a folk album that then is played on the radio everywhere yeah um and people are writing their own folk songs like i don't know how whether you know what's well, interesting i guess it folk anymore if you like look at it from the point of view of like folk storytelling in general mm-hmm. the idea of like like you were saying like oral storytelling oral history mm-hmm. like that then folk music is is part of a long line of mm-hmm. like oral history and like just keep like telling stories and like having things that are kept alive through like speaking and through mm-hmm. like um in a way that lives on in like memory mm-hmm. and isn't like so that would i didn't even i've never thought about that before but that is interesting in terms of like how do you translate something mm-hmm. that is designed like as an as an oral tradition yeah in the moment to then something that is recorded in place static forever no it's and especially in like a world i think maybe one of the reasons that folk music isn't such a big thing nowadays is because there's less of a focus on like writing like no there's more of a focus now on like writing your own music whereas folk Mm -hmm. music i mean this is one of the things i didn't i think i sent you one of the earlier joan byers albums yeah a lot of her earlier stuff is taking like very like classic folk songs and doing them herself right. but then later in her career she's not a massive songwriter what she does is she'll like record some of dylan's songs mm. and things like that so i think that was kind of a way that she continued on this idea of the folk tradition mm-hmm. where dylan obviously was a big songwriter um and she like took the songs that he'd written and and yeah like did did them her own way um so i i don't know if like that the kind of folk that we might consider folk would work nowadays and i also think there's an idea of there is almost not an erasure going on but like something interesting going on when you get people like the animals recording things like house of the rising sun which like we don't even know where that came from that people have tracked it back centuries and centuries um but people go oh yeah house of the rising song that song by the animals mm-hmm. you know so I think there's something really interesting going on there, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I never know how to think about it. I'm like, is this, should we be recording folk music? Like, of course we should. Like, yeah. people should, um, people should hear music. But I, I don't know if folk could ever function the, the way, same way, the same way it did. Um, but also, we, uh, I think. But also, genres evolve. Yeah. Like, and maybe you can't keep 
the like maybe something originates in a different way but mm-hmm. then has now evolved into a like i feel like folk music literally means mm-hmm. like music that is passed on in that kind of oral tradition mm-hmm. but now i think like we were talking about folk has almost developed into a vibe and a mood and a feeling mm-hmm. where i feel like i could use the word folk to describe certain songs or things by people who aren't folk artists like noah khan Cahan. Cahan. yeah yeah i think yeah yeah something like that um yeah but i think the other thing that's interesting about that is obviously folk is a term that we use, we're using to describe a, a certain type of music mm-hmm. but actually the idea of folk music it's much more than that and the way we're talking to it is referring to a specific like euro-american yeah. tradition of folk like mm-hmm. there is like indigenous folk music in yes like North America in like um, Australia and New Zealand there's it like indi- no, no. there's like um, African folk music there's mm. um, Asian folk music like yeah. it's it's something that I think we we use in a specific way in a way that denotes a certain thing but actually isn't the definition of the word if that yeah makes sense. no yeah like I, I get what you mean and I definitely think like when I, I I'm I'm just as guilty of that as like many people were like I think of folk music I think of a very mm-hmm. Eurocentric like yeah. American like form of that when it's like obviously so much broader as a meaning. I guess maybe there's almost like two definitions of folk. There's yeah. there's folk music as the vibe. Yeah. And it has a, like a specific history as well. Mm-hmm. The the like I I've, I've got I, we'll get on to the history lesson later. Hey. Um but it arises from like a specific point in the 1940s generally is when mm-hmm. people say this idea of like the folk revival um, and that has influenced what we are probably calling folk music but then the idea of folk music generally is something much broader mm-hmm. um, and that they do overlap in many ways like a lot of folk is influenced by folk if that makes sense Yeah. Um, but are also two very different things Yeah. Um, so I think that's quite when do you want my history lesson? Do you want it now or do you want it after the break? Go ahead. Okay, okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Um, full disclaimer, mm-hmm. this, if you listened to my podcast last year, you will have had this history lesson already, yeah. um, which you will have done. I yeah. assume. I did. I assume. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no, I did, I did. Okay. So... <laughs> history of the folk revival I hope you're ready kids this is my practice for when I'm a lecturer in like 10 years yay Sadie woo, woo Professor Mansfield um no <laughs> <laughs> so the folk revival started in the 1940s and peaks in the mid 60s um in the 1940s, we have bands like The Weavers and people like Pete Seeger, Lee Hayes, Fred Hellerman, and Ronnie Gilbert, who recorded songs from lots of different musical traditions, like the blues and also traditional Israeli dance music, Ooh. very interestingly. Um, at this time, because they're all American, because mm-hmm. the folk revival does originate in North America, mm-hmm. um, America is increasingly multicultural with the arrival of more Jewish, Eastern Southern European immigrants, plus um, obviously the long history of African Americans forcefully brought over through slavery, and obviously we're talking about kind of a um, post Civil War, post abolition era here. Mm-hmm. Kind of reconstruction has happened. We're now in the 1940s, mm-hmm. um, and all of these influences are reflected in the music that's being released as folk music 
um, that we now know of. Um, although, like with rock and roll, the mainstreaming of it largely happened when it was performed by white artists, by like, um, like Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got to remember that there is a lot of influences from lots of different places, lots yeah. of different people, lots of different cultures. Um, interestingly, in the 60s and the 70s, um, particularly in the 60s, though, I think, um, there were lots of ties with left-wing activism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't actually remember them, but the Weavers, who I mentioned earlier, were actually dropped from Decca Records due to the stigma of left-wing associations. Right. Um, so I think that is kind of like a defining feature of of the folk we understand nowadays it is a lot of it is quite political it doesn't have yeah. to be but you know you got bob dylan yeah um he was a very political person yeah. <laughs> if you listen to his songs in any capacity, any capacity right. <laughs> then, then it's not very difficult to yeah. realize that um but the weavers actually directly inspired the kingston trio who are less overtly political um who emerged in the late 50s and 60s and they were the ones who actually kicked off the american folk revival so then there was kind of this re-revival of the political stuff when dylan came back in like the 60s and the 70s with the Mm. with the political um folk music um but uh the the thing about dylan and Byers as well as like well their music was political they also had lots of ties to kind of civil rights movements um and there was um i don't think you listened to the album because you didn't say it but there's an album by this woman called odetta who i think uh martin luther king said to be the the queen of folk music or something Mm -hmm. she's got this really really gorgeous voice and more people need to listen to her because she's really really good and she was like highly highly involved in the civil rights movement Um, yeah yeah and you know obviously um knew martin luther king very well um and then in like the 70s it fused with folk rock and stuff like that well like uh, late 60s early 70s it fused with folk rock so you do get these kind of sub genres of folk mm-hmm. um and the kind of people around the late 60s early 70s are like Joni Mitchell Simon Garfunkel um Crosby Stills Nash and Young yeah um and then the 70s you also get Nick Drake who wasn't a massive hit at the time but is now considered to have influenced like a bunch of modern mm-hmm. artists so that's why i put him in there because i think he's really good yeah uh, <laughs> i loved both the albums that you recommended so definitely got a new fan yay um that's my history lesson i hope you enjoyed that shall we take a break yeah go on they need one after that yeah i'll leave space for applause here thank you see you in a bit album more yeah. specifically because we did sit down because obviously Joni Mitchell is not on Spotify and like we we get it Joni but like we got the point now mm-hmm. and I really I really would actually enjoy if you put it back on Spotify yeah. um, I, 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 I desperately need to listen to it again yeah. I feel like I, I, although it is kind of genius because I've never wanted to buy like I have a vinyl collection but I normally buy it because I love mm-hmm. the album to death and I do love the album to death to be clear I thought Blue was fantastic mm-hmm. but part of me is just like I just want to listen to it again Yeah. and I can't just I can't keep coming into your room at all times yeah I used to uh, 
it used to be my favorite song to walk through like i lived near quite a bit of like woodland mm. um and i used to when it was raining and i would walk the dog um in lockdown i would um put blue one in my headphones and just like walk around and have like a dramatic um autumn girl moment mm. um and then i d- couldn't do that but then i'd like sit in my room and put it on youtube and just listen to it and now I have the record, so <laughs> so now I don't have to do that. But um, it's such a pretty record too. I really, uh, it's, it's such, really such nice. a nice cover and a, yeah, like, yeah. I I got it from Rough Trade and it's like a clear vinyl. Yeah, it's it's like a, obviously like a new print. Yeah, a new press, but it's yeah, it's press. really and it's blue. <gasps> it's like blue. Really. Blue. I know. Um, Imagine if it wasn't though. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so funny? It's like yellow. Alcohol boot. Yeah. Well, I mean. It's no surprise that you enjoyed it because it is regarded as one of the best albums of all time. Yeah. Which I would second. I yeah. do think it is incredible. As I was surprised by how short it was, I will say. Yeah, but it's... it's Not in a bad way, yeah. but, I, I, like, I, again, I loved it. Like, I don't even mean it in a bad way, but just, like, I don't know. I guess I just... I did... I, when it was over, I was like, huh. Yeah. I was like, damn, we done. Yeah. We did also chat shit throughout all of it. So. We did, but I was... I did, like... Yeah. yeah. It's very rich lyrically. Yeah. Um, I would like another chance to, like, listen to it and really, like, intensely listen mm-hmm. to the lyrics because I'm sure that there's a lot of things I missed. Yeah. What were your general impressions of it, though? Uh, I, I really loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it falls exactly into what I was just talking about earlier, which is folk as a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> because I just feel like... It started and I was like, this is the vibe I love. Like, I, I, I really love that. It's really cozy. Yeah. Um, we were literally just talking about this, but River, the Christmas song, love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Love that. That was just, like, I was not expecting. For some reason, in my mind, and I don't know why I never thought about this, but, like, it seems weird to have a Christmas song in a regular album. Uh-huh. But it just, it works so well. I've just realised... And I don't know if this is going to make sense, but mm-hmm. that Christmas song is the exact same vibe as the holdover. It really is. I I am shocked it was not in the movie. Yeah. And I I it's all it's so shocking that I bet you it was a copyright thing or like some sort of like permission thing. I wonder if it's because oh, when did Blue come out? Oh, that's a good point. It Blue, might be time it set, wise. It was set in. Oh, I forgot Yeah, it, it's 1971. Because yeah. they, they have the New Year's Eve for 1971. That was it. And the album was released on June 22nd of 1971. Damn. Oh, they're so smart. Otherwise, but it's the exact same vibe. It's like, I mean, the album as a whole is like drenched in melancholy. Yeah. Um, but like not like always a bad kind of melancholy. And it's that like almost like Christmas feeling where it's like warm but there's something a little bit sad about it and something a little bit it, tragic. It really captured that like that end of year, early year yeah. of year. That that's exactly the vibe that the holdovers has where it's like uh-huh. it's cozy and warm but also there's like this like yeah, like, like hollow Christmas sadness is a time to it. For some people and yeah. it can be really difficult to know. And just winter. Yeah. Winter is a yeah. harsh time. Uh-huh. Um, and the idea, I mean, the whole album is centered around this idea of like the loss of a loved one, mm. not death. Yeah, <laughs> um, breaking up. Breaking up. Um, and we're just I, talking about Graham now. I know. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, but I think that that river does a good job of that feeling of like, if you do, you know, if you are alone or feeling lonely on Christmas, there is there is this kind of sad sense but also this warm sense yeah um 
that I, I really like and it's a really nice album and the album also has like some some happy songs like it's got some upbeat songs like there's Carrie which is about like the hippie lifestyle mm. it was inspired by someone who I can't remember um, and yeah. some time she spent with this hippie person but most of the songs are about Graham Nash yeah. as in Crosby Stills Nash and Young yeah. Graham Nash yeah. um, it, apparently it was also about a really intense relationship with James Taylor um, you know um yeah. someone who doesn't have as many James Taylor records as Taylor Swift James Taylor um, <laughs> that's another reference today um, <laughs> um, and I think it explores kind of the different facets of relationships of love we're recording this on Valentine's Day so actually this is quite hey, appropriate yeah. um, never say we're not committed yes we're committed to the bit this is going to not be released on Valentine's Day but um, yeah, yeah. Um, also like insecurity and stuff like that. In mm. terms of like actual instrumentation, it um, uses an instrument called the Appalachian dulcimer, which I think is a key tie to kind of the folk origins because it's mm. a folk instrument. Like the Appalachians were, if you want to go historical about it, the place where you know you get what some people and I'm putting this in, in quotation marks for a specific reason backwoodsmen right. um, <laughs> who settled in the Appalachians, which are like some mountains, which yeah. are like not that close but like close-ish to the east coast of um the united states Mm -hmm. um and it was kind of the frontiers and there was a certain like folk culture around it yeah um and also weirdly a load of people from the northeast settled there there's a whole whole thing um or scots irish they call them lots of scots irish settled there um but that, yeah, um, the Appalachian <laughs> does work. Lots of folk music comes from the Appalachians, which is why I mentioned it. But it's a, just a like interesting instrument. I think her choice to use that was probably quite specific, and it has that folk sound. Mm, um, yeah, and that's I think where you can see that kind of element of a culture mm-hmm. that has been a, a line. That instrument is that one of those lines from like the original folk cultures up until the nineteen seventies when yeah. Joni Mitchell is recording this album, and mm-hmm. she she's still using those same kind of instruments. Um, but yeah, there's, um, while it's about like relationships, it's not just about like, you know, like romantic relationships. She also has a song, Little Green, um, is about her giving her daughter up for adoption, um, which she did reconnect with her daughter later in life. That actually, I think might be one of my favorite songs of the album. I think it's, it's so pretty. It's just a really pretty song and it's got a lot of love in it. Um, Mm. but a lot of like delicacy and I think her voice as well on the album it's so it's got this like vulnerability it's like like, yet again just the like melancholy you feel through it but Mm. it's so gorgeous you could also almost like uh, it's like crystal glass it's like it's so I don't know it's like entrancing I just Mm -hmm. feel like she's like her voice is so like and and I think people were talking about lately, you know, speaking of the Grammys when she showed up mm-hmm. um, there performing for the first time in many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was performing in a slightly different t- tone of voice, obviously, yeah, because, she's you know, like she's old. Um, but, you know, still amazing, though. This yeah. woman, like, still has got a fucking voice. Like, yeah. it's so, like, some people are just fucking born with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just amazing levels of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like, in general, like, I love that each song... Like, it, there are general themes, but each song is telling a story. Again, the folk tradition of, like, storytelling. I love that. Like, mm-hmm. I love that each song has, like, real meaning and real, like, emotion and, like, pain sometimes and happiness behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Or she's just, you know, a hippie. 
yeah. It's fun. <laughs> and yeah, and I mean, you get California, which is about like creativity and mm. going to California and being surrounded by so many creative people. Yeah. Um, and I think a case of you is like about like deep insecurity in relationship. No, mm. no, a case of you is about all the different facets of relationships that mm. like you can, you can have. And then it's this flight tonight is about deep insecurity about relationships. Um, what was your favorite song? Do you have one? Because I find it okay. really hard to pick. Because I also really like Carrie. Um, I, feel... I love California. I love Blue. Obviously, I love River. You know, you could just keep going. I really liked Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I gotta say River's my favorite. Yeah. Um, I just think one. I just think it's like just a, such a fun idea, mm-hmm. but also just it's such a gorgeous song. And I, I don't know. I feel like in general, it felt like. Again, even though they were all separate stories, it felt like a very cohesive whole of an album. Mm -hmm. So it's actually quite hard for me to say a specific song. Yeah. But I do think the one that had like the one that had the most impact on me in the moment because it was just the one I was expecting the least is Gobby River. I'd say it's it's definitely that for me. I I think the thing that makes the album cohesive is this idea like it's gonna sound really sweet, but the idea of like blue. Right. Uh, It's like no wonder it's called blue. Yeah. Um because like it she's it, it's such a vulnerable album it's in her voice it's in the names of the songs it's in the lyrics of the songs it's in the album yes. title it's in the album cover there's stories of like when she was in the studio recording the album if someone new entered the studio she would like break into tears mm. so like I, really if you want to say what the album is about the album's about mental health yeah. it's about yeah. depression right mm-hmm. um which I think is quite for the time. Yeah. Like pretty revolutionary. Pretty pretty different. Like yeah. you didn't get an album like Blue yeah. really, um, and that's I think what makes it. I feel like cohesive. that's just what's so like I, amazing about folk music in general, but also just storytelling or like especially like songwriting. There is so much like it's the power of like translating like your own like deep emotions and Mm -hmm. deep like feelings of things into art Mm -hmm. and that process can literally fucking break someone Mm -hmm. like that like you're not holding back it is exposing your like darkest impulses or like you're like not to get like really serious here but like i don't know like when discussing like something that's as profound as this album i feel like you kind of have to like get into like it's so like impressive what she does on the album mm-hmm. which is just like almost almost more impressive to me than like her voice yeah and and the production which is obviously incredible mm-hmm. but just what she does with the writing and what she does with um like bearing her soul in that yeah. way i think is just so like commendable uh-huh. but it's it's why i i'm like yeah it is one of the greatest albums of all time mm. because she did all of that but then everything else is also perfect like mm. can you imagine any other voice saying the the words that mm. she said like it that, that oh, I just think it's re- it's so beautiful I love mm-hmm. it so much um, every time I talk about it I love it more yeah um, it, she's got this these really gorgeous metaphors in it as well that mm. you listen to I think it's on um, blue where she's like uh, I'm gonna get the story of this wrong yeah. but the first lyric is um, blue songs are like tattoos and it's influenced um, by this story that she heard about like pirates getting tattoos of I think 
their loved ones mm. when they would go out to sea to remember them or something mm. like that. I might be completely wrong about it. It's definitely something to do with pirates. But what a what an incredible metaphor that is. Um, and blue is the sea. Yeah. Okay, and, 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 <laughs> yeah. No. But like the, the idea that like song, songs I'm are kidding. like tattoos. Songs yeah, no, can no, like I... help you remember certain people and take them with you even when you're apart from them. Yeah, that's um, such a like gorgeous sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's just she's a beautiful song. she's a poet give her the nobel prize yeah i said it and i'll say it again yeah i i i do you think if I people give her a nobel prize she'll put her music back on spotify yes <laughs> no please, i think please, i Joni, if you're listening to go it, on Joni, do it i get it you don't like joe rogan i don't like him either but i just really want to listen to blue when i'm on the tube and i'm not feeling genuinely happy. genuinely like i hate apple music but they've, oh, got, they've got that win could convert me they've got that win in the i'm like oh they do have Joni mitchell though yeah. Anyway, not still not doing it. Even Joni couldn't make. Although it. now the Joe Rogan podcast is now going to be allowed off Spotify. Yeah. Because there's the whole podcast thing that's going on at the moment, where all of the Spotify only podcasts are being allowed to not be on Spotify because Spotify realised that was a bad business model. Yeah. Um, if it's elsewhere, does that mean she's going to remove her music from all the other places, or does that mean that she's going to put her music back on Spotify? Uh, I would assume it means she'll remove it from those other places. Don't do this. To her. If I she's think- still committed to it. If not, she Do you might think she's forgotten about it? Possibly. One of the other... One of the Crosby, Stills, National Young members did it as well, but I can't... Is it, it might actually have been Graham Nash. Mm, that's who, who removed... So it's like, if you try to listen to um, Deja Vu on Spotify, you'll see some of the songs aren't available. That's why. Yeah. I was wondering... Is it because he wrote them? Yeah. Um, and all of his original ones... Um, or maybe it was David Crosby. I can't remember. That's so interesting. Um, which I didn't even remotely think about that. I was like, why is there some songs missing? Yeah, they're great, by the way. I shouldn't get. I've got that one on vinyl as well. It's really nice. It's like embossed and it feels like a yeah book. It's like a leather book. Love that. Um, but um, junior, it um yeah. So it's I know that Neil Diamond has removed his stuff as well. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm never going to be but one of the CSNY members it's going to be hilarious if it's Graham Nash I actually don't know if they were still friends after their deep intense relationship that she wrote an album about depression damn um, um, but yeah um, is there anything else you have to say about, about the album about any about folk generally um, I'll say that like I said I just I, I think it's just such a I, 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 I wish it was something that had a bigger foothold in today's culture. Yeah. I guess just for me, it's something that I just... On the one hand, I kind of love that when I think about it, I think about a specific period in time. Like, it's, al- it's almost nice to me that it, it has, like... I know that obviously, again, especially considering everything we just talked about, about, like, Eurocentrism and, like, it being, like... It, obviously, folk music having a much larger and longer history Mm -hmm. but when i think specifically about this kind of era of folk music it's almost nice to think of it as like a little capsule in that time Mm -hmm. um like 60s 70s like but i think i i don't know it's just i i I, i'll be honest i haven't actually listened to his music but is no okay uh folk 
I don't know. Because I know that he's a big deal now. Maybe that's something. He's I should... more. I think he's more hosier-esque. Like, if you want to uh, call okay. hosier folk, then um, you can call it folk. I guess. Kind yeah. of is. Hosier is very folk influence. I guess that might be kind of, if we want to call something new folk, that might be it. I also just want to correct myself because I said Neil Diamond, which was stupid. It's Neil Young. As Neil in Diamond. Neil Young of Crosby, Stills, Nash and yeah. Young, which was just like a brain fart on my behalf. So yeah. I want to correct myself. How dare you? I know. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, but I, I do think there is this rise in the moment. I'm going to be honest, I don't know any specific artists, but this rise in popularity of folk music from other Mm-hmm. places in the world than you know Euro yeah. America staying Euro America because yeah. you know America implies you know all, the all of America which you know it's not the case I'll also say just yeah. like as um, something that I, I, I had a little bit of, of background in folk like I used to I listened to it already before we did this episode yeah. obviously obviously not to the extent that I now have which is lovely thank you you're welcome um, this you're podcast so welcome continues to educate me i think you'll love this um i think you'll love this no to be fair though this is what i love about doing this um but i i feel like i um it's just nice to just in general be exposed to a genre and like really like get into it like really immerse yourself Mm -hmm. in that world i i don't think i'm gonna do this for country even though the new um beyonce album is country but Part of me wants to in a way, but I just feel, don't think I'd get into it in the same way. But like, it's I like, need it's, someone it's... else to get me into country. I love country music when I listen to it. Mm-hmm. Some of it I find like I find Shania Twain a little annoying, and people like that Ooh. with that kind of country. Like, I know she's no good. comment. I know. I she's think good, I but... think that um, didn't Taylor do a song with Shania Twain? Maybe I, I remember reading a rumor really that she was going to do one. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But I will be listening to Beyonce's new album, so I definitely will be listening to some country. Yeah. But like, I think as soon as it gets too redneck country, I can't. Oof. I can't do it. Yeah. Also, but, there's just there's just a lot of conversations about like how what people consider country, and yeah. then also like unfair standards for people of color trying to get into country, where like people have certain yeah. ideas of what they think country music is and no, who should be making it. I think Lil Nas X is doing wonderful things. The last Texas music is not country. He used to be country. Okay, but I, I was going to say, now... <laughs> I'm sorry, Montero can he, be further from what country. What is this thing about artists starting off doing country and then moving towards pop? Interesting. I, I mean, actually, you know what? Stay. To be fair, I, I'll i be honest, I actually don't... I haven't listened to his very early stuff, so I might be completely wrong about that. All I can comment on is his current stuff is absolutely well, he got not his, country. his big break with... Um, Old Town Road. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I just don't, I, I don't, like, I wouldn't consider him now no. a country artist. I want Taylor to become full country again, and that's my hot take. Well, wait for debut. Yeah. <laughs> Debut's I, coming. You don't realise how much I need debut Taylor's version. Yeah. Um, and le- we'll leave it on that. Yeah. And I'm very excited for the Beyonce album. As someone who doesn't really listen to Beyonce. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I think it's really, really fun. But anyway, enough talking about country music, because that's not what we're talking about this week. Yeah. Um, where do we rank this? Folk music. Okay, I think doing folk music in general might be too much of an issue. I think we should just go with blue. What do you think? Okay, wait, let me get the... the, the, the I think ranking folk music is way too general. Yeah, because you get bad and you get good for Yeah, music. I think we should do blue. What about the vibe of folk music? Rank the vibe of folk Rank music. Rank the vibe. <laughs> I mean, we could. I, d- I don't know. What do you, what, uh, I'll leave this up to you because it's your week. So I want to rank the vibe. <laughs> okay, let's do the vibe. Because that's what the episode's on. True. Um, 
at the top we've got Avatar. Yeah. Then we've got The Legend of Zelda. Yes. Star Wars Visions. Where did we put um the the one last week? Um, oh, sometimes I might be introvert. Yeah. Did uh, we put it above or below Visions? I think we put it below above Visions. Yes, we did. But below Zelda. Yes. Yeah, so that's third. I think if we're going if we were going blue, uh-huh. I would say we have a strong contender for number one. Better than Avatar. Potentially. But if we're doing the vibe of just which includes so much in it, I can't put it at number one. So I think I I go with just below Avatar. I think I go number two. Above Zelda. Yeah. But below Avatar. That is my submission. If we're doing folk as a vibe. I would put it It's still I think we've got Zelda too high. I disagree. But I think it's Well well this is what closing ranks. I think it's better for Zelda. Better than Zelda, but I think Zelda just needs to be lower. So, should we put it number two? Yeah, I think we both agree on number two. I think that you were being so unfair towards Zelda. <laughs> I just think it was f- fine. Like, no, it was good. It was a good wow. game. No, we'll talk about this at another point. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I would ask you what you're going to give me to do next week, but I already know the answer because mm. we already have our next two weeks decided. Yeah. And I think we've teased this. Yeah, should I... Go on. Say either way. Tell, okay. tell the crowd. So, um, occasionally we, for scheduling and other reasons, we have to do double episodes. So, this next week we're doing a double episode. Well, a double episode for us. For us. Obviously, for you guys, <laughs> it will be exactly the same as normal. But, anyway, what we thought we'd do is look at each other's YouTube subscriptions. Mm-hmm. So, next week, Sadie is going to be looking through my YouTube, my favourite YouTubers, basically. Mm-hmm. Um... And we're going to go through probably ver- uh, ran- random videos, various things, talk about what draws us to them, mm-hmm. like why we like them, mm-hmm. um, and just like the variety that you can have on YouTube as a fucking um, platform. There's just so much yeah. there. I hope you are ready. And then the week after, we'll be getting into, I'm sure, the Try Guys. And <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if anyone likes classic YouTube, we're, we're thinking the Try Guys, we're thinking John and Hank Green, we're thinking Philip DeFranco, we're this thinking... Um, <laughs> oh, I won't make you watch my three-hour D&D campaign I watch every week. That well, this one's going to be interesting. That can be a thing in itself. I think there's YouTube... I actually spend a ridiculous amount of time on. Yeah. Like, whereas other people, I think, spend a lot of time going through TikToks, mm-hmm. I spend a lot of the time with live streams in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I won't subject you to that because you'd have to listen to hours and hours and hours of Star Wars, which I don't want to make you do. <laughs> no. So, well, I'll, I'll make grays on it. I might be like, here's a snippet, maybe. Yeah. But, like, point is, I... I consume YouTube a lot, so there's a lot yeah. to get into. I, I'm deeply behind on my YouTube subscription box at the moment, so I need to catch up so I have time to watch yours next week. But That's my task of this evening. I'm going to take an evening to myself and watch three-hour-long D- three D&D campaigns. That's, and catch up on the news. Exciting. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, that, that's our next two weeks. Um, and then after that, I've got something special. And obviously, we're going to be recording um, mini Episodes. Many, many episodes. Yeah, because um, after those two episodes, we'll be 14. So then we'll just need one more. And then we will record our little... Closing ranks. Closing ranks episode. But anyway, um, send us questions, guys. Yeah. Come on. More Come questions. On. Um, and uh, follow us. And um, give us a five-star review. And the audio is going to get better. 
But we are we are continuing to move up in the world. Thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for listening with us. Thank you. Yes. Share um, us with your friends, but maybe next week when we've got better audio quality. Yeah. Um, but still do this one. Uh, or no, <laughs> yeah, actually, okay. better than that, talk about it. Just be like, watch episodes. Yeah. Just be like, I found this incredible podcast. Yeah. Um, Everyone's so hot on it. I know. They're so smart. They're so smart. And I Mm. think that you should listen to it. Yeah. The gift for your... Because I think you'll love this. Yeah. On Valentine's Day. Yeah, the gift for your lover on Valentine's Day. A new podcast to listen to. Give them something they'll hate. We didn't think through that title, did we? <laughs> we, we did. We just knew the direction. We did, we did, we did. We're okay. not different enough for it to wholly be, and I think you'll hate this, actually hate this thing. Yeah. But, you know, we can't go over what this title means again. <laughs> okay. So, um, guys. Um, Bye. Yeah, we'll see you guys Bye. next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'd really appreciate it if you could share this podcast around. So do send it to your friends and your family and your dog and, of course, your goldfish. Um, And, of course, rate it five stars and tell all of them to do that, too. You can find us on Instagram, threads and TikTok at You'll Hate This Pod, Twitter or X, whatever people are calling it nowadays, at You'll Hate This underscore, and also on YouTube. Send us your questions and any business inquiries to I think you'll hate this pod at gmail.com. And of course, listen to the next episode on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whichever you fancy. Links for everything's in the description down below. Just a reminder that this podcast was hosted by Sadie Mansfield and Ollie Vigny and made possible thanks to the help and studio of KCR Radio. The theme was also produced by Sadie and Ollie. And finally, a big thanks to Lex Robertson for doing the art for the cover. And you can find him at Lex Robertson Art on Instagram. <laughs>